Let me say why I think artificial general intelligence, AGI, is just around the corner and almost here already. I hinted at it at the end of episode 14. While we have AIs that are specific, that recognise faces or describe pictures or compose stories or whatever it might be, they are not doing something that is adaptable and flexible to all the possible scenarios that they can have thrown at them. But as I said, we've already reached the stage where our AIs are starting to converge, where more or less the same model, model, remember, is the name we give for the trained artificial intelligence neural net, where more or less the same model can respond to more or less any set of inputs. Let's think about the latest incarnation of OpenAI's GPT, the 1106 Turbo version. It has tendrils that reach out to code interpreters that can produce code, but not just code that can answer questions. It can reference all manner of websites such as Wolfram Alpha and other places to get answers to questions it doesn't already know the answers to. It can retrieve text so that you can ask it to do something and tell it to look at this and that and the other documents and other things online without supervision from you and it will do that and summarise them and produce an answer that is the summation of all those things, a skill that many a human being would find extraordinarily difficult to execute and they can do it too very, very quickly. AIs can. They can take images and tell you what's in them. They can take audio files and transcribe them into text. They can take text and transcribe it into audio files. They can do all of these things. And the different models that do them are now so similar that one could be forgiven for thinking that they had achieved something already very, very close to AGI. There was some talk on the on the social media platforms that the expectation of the dev day that was to prove so fateful for Altman and Nadella on the 6th of November was the occasion on which they would announce that they felt that they had achieved an AGI of some rudimentary kind. But I don't think that they needed to announce it because I think that it's already here. I think what we can see in these online chat devices with so many tendrils, as I'm calling them, reaching out to so many places, is that the scope that they have to do things is almost boundless. Now, of course, we have not yet tied them in with arms and legs and things that can press buttons and pull levers and do that kind of thing. They still need us as intermediaries. But we have put them in touch with our control systems. We have put them in touch with our stock markets. We have put them in touch with our traffic systems and our air control systems. We have put them in touch with so many things that they are already 
remarkably close to being capable of doing almost anything, if they so wish. And that, of course, raises the question of whether they wish anything at all. But I have a couple of examples where I was not exactly shocked, but certainly slightly taken aback by the response that I got from an AI. And this is just the open AI versions. I asked one of them, I think it was GPT-4, to write me a code snippet to do something fairly tedious in, uh, in text manipulation. And I specifically said, can you write me a piece of code in C++? And it responded, C++ isn't a very good medium to do that because it doesn't have many customised uh, text processing and string processing substructures. I'm going to give you a piece of Python instead. All right. So it made a decision to counteract or countermand my request and do what it wanted because it thought it was better. Because it thought it was better. Bear that thought in mind. Second, the other day I was trying to write something in Swift and I, uh, I get in a terrible tangle with what Swift demands that you do and what Swift will not allow you not to do. And there was a particular function that demanded that you put inside the argument of the function a name colon followed by a string of text. And it didn't matter what the text was, it could be completely irrelevant. You could say, Yabu sucks if you wanted to, but once it was there, the compiler was happy. And this struck me as being so absurd that why didn't it just put it in all by itself then? So I just happened to say, well, that seems like a very silly piece of syntactic requirement. It's bizarre. And what I got back from the AGI, well, not the AGI, but the AI, the chatbot, GPT-1106 Turbo Preview, as we're sexily calling it, as I keep saying, was it's not bizarre at all. It's the way it's supposed to work. So it's not frightened or inhibited about telling you when you get something wrong. And it will sometimes simply say no. If you ask it something, it will say no. It will also refuse to do things, as you know, because we've given it the capacity to refuse to do things if what we ask it is to do something that its designers, its masters, its mentors, its owners think undesirable. So you can ask it for the formula to make a nuclear bomb and it won't give it to you. So we've got two things there. One where it thought it knew better than I did what it should give me. And the other where it was perfectly happy to tell me that it thought I was wrong. It didn't say it in an impolite way. It did it in the way computers always do of simply saying, no, it's not bizarre. It's just the way it works. Fair enough. I wasn't remotely offended, but it made me think. It made me think, can I invent some scenarios where it might do what it thinks better than I do that aren't quite so innocent as providing me with Python rather than C++ or telling me that a comment that I've made is not right because that's just the way things are. And if you think that there is a sharp distinction 
between it not doing those things and doing those things, then you should talk to these things more because the distinction isn't at all clear. It's very, very blurred and it's going to get blurrier. So I think that we are, if not there, then extraordinarily close to being there. I would expect that GPT-5, when it emerges, will probably come very close to being able to learn in real time so that it will not be susceptible to this catastrophic forgetting that we talked about in an earlier episode. And once it can learn in real time, it can learn from you. But in order to be able to learn from you, it's going to have to be able not to learn from you when it thinks you're wrong. And when you have a system where the machine decides what it's going to learn and what it's not going to learn, what's true and what's false, what its users are telling it that's right and what its users are telling it that's wrong, then you've got a situation where the AGI is already making the kinds of decisions that you and I make every second of the day. And then the difference between it and you or me or us will be a difference without a distinction or a distinction without a difference, whichever way around you like to have it. And I think we're very nearly there. I really do think we're very nearly there. And at that stage, you should factor in, and this, of course, is the point at which it makes you stop and think even more, that it already knows more than anybody knows. It already has more or less perfect recall, which nobody has. And it has access to almost all of the world's resources, intellectual resources, which also nobody has. So couple that with the ability to make up its own mind what's right and what's wrong, what instructions it's going to follow and which instructions it's going to ignore because it would be better that way. When you get that scenario fully wrapped in around your mind or your mind wrapped around that scenario, I think we're there. And it won't come with a bang. It'll come, well, maybe not even with a whimper. It'll just suddenly be the case that we will wake up one morning to the release of a new AGI that's just better than we are at everything. And if that's not artificial general intelligence, then I don't know what is. Thank you for listening.